0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message from our special guest minister. Thanks for tuning in today. We know from the scriptures, the Antichrist is on his way. He's prepping the earth. He's prepping many churches now. Many preachers have turned from the depth of the scriptures to lighten that up. So it's not quite as applicable. We mix it now with psychology, philosophy, the rudiments of this world, just like the Bible warns us against. If you think for a second that every church has what you have, uh, you're very mistaken. Uh-uh, you have mistaken that. Uh, many churches are in trouble. They become worldly. That's not okay with God. Just because, it, just because something is modern doesn't mean it's godly. Amen. Just because something's modern maybe doesn't mean it's totally ungodly either. Amen. Right? So, But when you allow the spirit of the world to come in, and you look like the world, and you sound like the world, and now you teach that the things of the world are okay, this is all satanic prep, worldliness, for the approach of the antichrist there has to be a gray cloud and a, and, and a sewer level seepage into the house of god in order for the antichrist to manifest and there has to be what we call the rapture now we see the antichrist prepping the earth everywhere you turn society financially wars rumors of wars what our kids are being taught at school, what they're not being taught at school, what's being accepted as okay, uh, the very things that the Bible says no to, that many churches are saying yes to because it's modern, and they think modern is okay. Uh, and let's do away with the uh, structure and the disciplines we had before, like the family unit. The reason, one of the reasons, America, America is uh, a, the world leader, and that we've enjoyed, generations like mine have totally enjoyed uh, living, being born, raised, and living in this nation to the degree that we would fight for it, even on a battlefield, is because of that family unit that, you, that marriage is a man and a woman. Now, modernization says that's not true, and the backslidden church and the world will say, I just cussed. How dare I judge that it can't be a man and a man or a woman and a woman? But you see, the problem is I didn't just judge. The Bible does. In order to be ready for the Antichrist, he has to work demonically to change your mind and get you to say the Bible's exaggerating. You may be caught up. I'm just talking to you a minute. You may be caught up on things, you know, going on and not. But one of the things that I've been warning the body of Christ about in my writings and in my I predicts every year and a lot of our preaching on our telecast was about artificial intelligence and, the, and collaborative intelligence. And that's not a rumor, it's not a conspiracy theory. Uh, they now are going to allow AI, I guess you would call that uh, a robotic procedure, uh, a computer procedure, to rewrite the Bible and correct it. Yeah, that's for real. It's already started. They want to correct our Bible. Now I wonder what they mean by correct. This thing has been so dissected and challenged and attacked. They can't be looking for a misspelled word or punctuation that's wrong. They want to change our bible to meet modern man just like they want to change our constitution to meet modern man but it's amazing to me that the things that the modernists are saying don't work have worked for generations actually for the entirety of our nation then why would we fix something that's not broken because people are convinced it's broken and they learn that at school they learn that in reading they learn that in in, uh, the internet they learn that from preachers that anything that is not of their liking must not be good for them so they're being taught I'm not saying they all do it Then they're not just all young people they're being taught to reject and to do away with erase you if you disagree with them at all this is preparatory this is the work of Satan to take away everything that stabilizes humans and live by every wind of doctrine, teaching, things that come down the pipe. I woke up this morning, and as I did, the Holy Spirit said to me, I want you to tell Faith Family this. You, I'm quoting, you have everything you need in your life to beat the darkness of the day to save your family from demonic forces from the puke and the filth and the nauseous things that this world is doing you have everything you need to beat the demons the seducing and familiar spirits that are that are very activated in the earth to beat sickness and to beat disease And I'll just say, thus saith the Lord. Now, that doesn't sound like we had to go visit heaven to get that word, but it wasn't something I asked for either. It was what the very first thing that came to me this morning uh, about your church and but really about you, about you. So we're going to get into a couple of things on that to strengthen you this morning. And then we'll see where all the Lord uh, leads us with that. I brought some materials with me. I just want to tell you about them quick. Um, years ago, I wrote a book called The Remnant Church and what the last day's church would look like. It became a really fast moving, uh, you know, cellar, uh in the kingdom. We distributed a lot of preachers. Uh, They bought it by cases so they could either give it away to partners or hand it out in their church or something. And uh, if you get this book, you will discover that some of the things in it that I prophesied through God that would come to pass have already come to pass. So when you read it, you say, oh, that's a great prediction. That already happened. But not everything in this book has happened yet, but we're being set up for it. The remnant church, that's you. That's me. Amen. That's the people that refuse to bow. Amen. It's the people that fight off and refuse to be seduced and to be deceived by uh, these these winds and these ways of life that are not biblical. So it's a book that it's not very big. I don't write real big books because I don't think people like to read them. If you like to read big fat books, would you lay hands on me after the service? <laughs> Anyways, and then um, I get asked questions. It seems like uh, the older I get, the more questions I get asked for some reason. But we get, uh, no exaggeration, we get thousands, tens of thousands of emails. uh, Every day, you know, our telecasts, uh, three weeks ago hit 78 million households in the United States alone. You know, it's like, Uh, we're finding that people have questions. People don't know. Isn't that weird? You'd think by now everybody knew, but they don't. And so uh, I put a series together, and I just called it, What on Earth Do We Do Now? There's three major messages in it about what you can do to protect your mind, what you can do to protect your kids, what you can do to protect yourself, your home, your money, your belief system, because your belief system right now is under attack. Yeah. Yeah. It, it truly is. And uh, In my state, it looks like they're going to pass the law that will pretty much do away with freedom of speech. It will become a hate crime even for a pastor to stand in the pulpit and say things like homosexuality is wrong or gay marriage is, is not biblical. And uh, I don't preach a lot of messages on that anyways, but what if I wanted to make the reference I just now did? Right. Then they literally could come and arrest me, I guess, or one of, I'm not exaggerating, one of my associate pastors or shut down our church because we are non-compliant to the woke laws of my state. It already passed our House. Uh, our Senate in Michigan is Democratic. It's a Democrat, liberal. It will probably pass the House. Our governor is a liberal leader and she will definitely sign it. And so we're seeing this, not just in Michigan, but we're seeing these kind of things. When this starts to snowball, you better hang on to what you believe. You better know what you believe. You better have taught your kids what you believe because what you believe is what they're really after. So you can believe it in your house, in your bedroom, without a cell phone, without telling your friends. If you want to believe it in your heart, there's not much they can do about it. If you want to write it, voice it, tell a friend, you better wake up. I'm not exaggerating. This is the day you live in. That's why this church is so important. Uh, to your life and to this city and to this region for real go back and get that what do what on earth do i do now this one i just called warring mental warfare because it seems like i'm witnessing i think you are i'm witnessing a couple of things i'm witnessing people lose their minds i don't just mean insanity we have plenty of that people are going berserk man uh, but I mean, losing their mind, like their bearings, like they've lost their way, right. like they don't know what from down. And I think about, I was in one of the coffee shops, uh, in my hometown and I went to pick up my coffee and, uh, and, uh, there was a bunch, you know, they were very busy. There's some kids in there. I call them kids, you know, teenagers. And one of them came up to me at the counter and said, uh, are, are you pastor Barclay? And I said, yes, I am. And, uh, And and, and I said, why? Well, sir, could I ask you a question? Well, of course. Uh, My girlfriend and I pointed her out. She was in the corner with, I don't know, maybe nine or 10 other teenagers. Yeah, well, uh, we've been having uh, active sex together. I said, okay, yeah. (laughs) You know, I thought for a minute, I don't wear a collar. It's not a confession booth. I just want to get my coffee. (laughs) I said, yeah, and this is what he said. Sir, that's wrong, isn't it? I thought he was joking, but he was dead serious. I said, yes, son, that's wrong. You're mocking your girl. You're mocking God. I don't know if you know God or not. You're mocking God in his way, and all all you could be doing is hurting yourselves, and in the end, you'll be sorry. So you should work at fixing that. Well, he barely let me finish, and he calls her over. And uh, she comes over, and he goes, now, listen, calls her by name. Uh, I remember when we were talking, uh, her and her boyfriend, we were talking about having sex right now is wrong, that we shouldn't be doing it. She goes, well, yeah, well, the preacher said we shouldn't be doing it. And he said, we do it right at my mom and dad's house. They think it's cool that she spends the night. Our teachers at school literally celebrated us because we figured out what sex we were and we were celebrating our sexual, you know. I said, yeah, and, uh, but, some, but we keep saying this can't be right. There's something wrong with this. I said, well, I don't know where you got the little bit of morals you have left. But I'd hang on to them for dear life. Because something inside of you is telling you it's wrong. That's why you approached me. But there's a way out of this. And so she calls over all nine young people. (laughs) Or however many there were. Can we ask you some questions? Okay, look it. Uh, Yes. But how about we have a little gathering somewhere besides in line at Starbucks? (laughs) And uh, I'll answer all the questions you want. Obviously, you guys don't know what's going on. And they don't, believe it or not. Now, I think your kids do. If they go to church here, I will flat guarantee you, they're learning up from down, right from wrong, good from bad, God from otherwise. I'll guarantee you that. Yeah, yeah. I would have no insecurity about that at all. In this church, you're giving your young people a a, a tremendous fighting head start and chance at beating these wicked things that are not just anti-religious. It hurts their life. It hurts their very life, these things. And some of the questions they ask is mind-boggling. I didn't realize how much, at least in my area, the schools have indoctrinated these teenagers. And they kept asking me this question and that, and I said, well, I can give you a Bible verse on it. I can give you my opinion, but everybody's got one. But how about I give you a Bible verse? Oh, yeah, sure, man. I said, okay, well, next time bring a Bible. Well, one kid said, well, where do I get that from? I said, the first time I'll lend you one and then we're going to help you buy one. You've got to know what God said, and that's in His Word. Right. You see? I'm, so all of that to say, I'm really convinced that a lot of our society, not just young people, they do not know the way this really is. You have adult Americans that are so confused. We not only no longer have two genders, we have multiple genders. In a school in Michigan, in the ladies, in the girls bathroom, they have a box of kitty litter because they have a child that goes to stool there that believes she's a, a kitty cat. And she goes in there and she goes and relieves herself like a cat. And the parents, I guess, think that's okay. The school provides the whatever, cat litter, uh, and and propagate it. Now, when you push that, what are other kids supposed to think? That's just one little dinky little illustration. But without helping that young lady, she'll be bound in these things for life. For life. Right now, more than ever, this morning, you look like you wish Pastor Mike was preaching instead of me. And I don't, (laughs) I don't blame you either. Can I, let me just give these away. War and mental warfare. Can I give this to somebody? Here it comes. Oh, how about what on earth do we do now? Hmm. Taking that with me. Right there. I don't know if I can get it there, but here we go. You ready? Good catch. Amen. Good catch. Amen. You're great at catching. You're not so good at haircutting, but you're great at catching. Oh, you. Oh, okay. It's a deal. How about the remnant church? Can I give this to somebody? Praise God. Father, I pray a minute. You raised up this church. No man. This is yours. I've been here enough through the years and some of the thickness of it, the attacks the good times, to know that this is your church. The bangs, the pastors have made sure that they have made you the true shepherd of this work. I see in the spirit, it's going to be multiplied, not just added to. As it gets darker and darker, the word is already spreading that there's somewhere in this region to go to learn the Bible and the absolute truth of what do we do next and how do we do it. Thank you. I pray for anyone who is being fooled. They are already indoctrinated with the new agenda and the new doctrine of the day, that they be able to shake that off in the name of Jesus and they would be able to get back to the word of God and live what your Bible says. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, say amen. 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 In the book of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, that wasn't all introduction, so don't freak out about the clock. Verse 1 of chapter 7, 2 Corinthians 7, 1, having therefore these promises, look up here, that's what he's talking about the promises of God dearly beloved. So now we know who he's talking to. This is not the beer garden, the lounge, the bar, the crack house, the world. This is, he's talking to the the church. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit. Small S everybody say, cleanse myself. Yeah. That's what you do when you wash your shirt. That's what you do when you wash your jeans. That's what you do when you get the mud off your shoes. That's what you do when you take a shower, when you take a bath. You're cleansing yourself. Every time you brush your teeth. Use some mouthwash. I feel like we need an echo on that. Use some mouthwash, some mouthwash, some mouthwash, some mouthwash. (laughs) You cleanse yourself. That's what this is telling us to do. From flesh, from the filthiness of flesh, which means worldliness, and the filthiness that's in the spirit realm. Hmm. It goes on to say perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Doing what? Perfecting holiness. Perfecting what? Holiness. The goal is not to meet Jesus and live carnal. Meet Jesus and live bad like a sheep, I say, and live like a pig. See what you can get away with and brag about it because you're saved by grace. And if you're saved, it's by grace. You know that. You're taught that here. But a lot of people, I th- it seems anyways, I could be wrong. I, I hate judging things anyhow, but it seems like there are multitudes of people. Their goal is to try to make heaven without following God. That they can meet Jesus. Hey, I met Jesus. I got born again. Let's go get a beer. Let's smoke some dope. Let's live like this. Let's do that. And then you, some people wonder why the church won't break the rules in order to uh, help them live carnal. That's not the goal. Everybody say, that's not the goal. Yeah. Amen. The goal is to be spiritual. The Bible talks about carnal Christians. That's not perverted. Yes, it just means you met Christ, but you still live like a human. You don't don't live for Christ. You met him, you know him, you're probably born again. But just because you're born again in here doesn't mean you got anything fixed yet. That's carnality. The Bible talks about natural carnal Christians. No one's going to argue with them if they say they prayed the sinner's prayer and met the Lord. Okay, praise God. Then live like it. That's what the Bible says to do. Perfect holiness in your life. So the goal is to become holy, not unholy. The goal is to become clean, not unclean. Right? So you have carnal Christians. We do have perverted Christians. Christians, they have dirtied the covenant they have. They've dirtied their life. They've gone back. You know, like Peter said, the dog goes back to his vomit and licks it up again. Peter, Apostle Peter said, uh, some Christians are like the sow, the pig. You clean them all up. And the minute you turn your back, they run back and waller in the muck and the mire. And there are people like that. And, uh, but some people are like that not because they want to be. They haven't beat the things that are beating them. Right. Right. right? But there's a difference between, hey, sin is chasing me and I can't get free yet compared to I'm chasing sin because I want to find some way to live the way I want to, whether the Bible endorses it or not, and still go to heaven, still be blessed by God. Right. This is why America is on one knee, fallen, fallen and close to two knees. Why, Brother Barclay? You know why. I think when I say it, anyways, we want our wheat to blow in the wind. We want to have the the biggest, baddest military. We want to win every war. We want to live in safety. We want the American dollar to stay the top dollar. We want, we want, we want, which comes from God's blessing. We just don't want God. We've made laws against God. We've made laws against the way God says to live. Yes, we have. And then a lot of Americans, they call it liberty and freedom not to live according to the Bible. In fact, they're now calling the Bible wrong and we preachers judgmental and mean. Really? Well, I knew that was coming. You knew that was coming. The Bible says in this day they were called evil good and good evil. the If you missed that verse, go look it up. And read it like 10 times the day after church. Amen. So our duty is to become spiritual, not carnal, natural. Christians, not perverted and dirty again, but spiritual. The goal is to be spiritual. You and I are instructed in these scriptures like this one. Romans 12, 1 and two. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. That would be your eyes, your ears, your flesh, what you do sexually, what you do, what your bodies. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, the Bible says, which is your reasonable service. Now, I'm a former Marine leader from Vietnam. I trained Marines to do certain things for a while. And one of the things I learned uh, in in, in war zones and one of the things I learned training uh, Marines is that you don't get a medal for doing anything that is your reasonable service. You must do something that's beyond, above and beyond your call of duty of what's expected to you in order to get rewarded uh, or saluted by your fellow fighters, uh, countrymen. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, not those who sort of seek him, not those who met him and don't seek him anymore. If you want the reward of God, then we got to get above reasonable service. Romans 12, I quoted it to you. Romans 12, 1 and 2 just told us, boys and girls, that the goal is to is to be holy and acceptable unto God. There may be things that you're, that's not acceptable to you. Maybe you don't get it. Maybe you don't want to get it. But it is to God. The idea that you and I, we've been now purchased with a price. We're not our own. We're not our own. So the idea is to do what God wants us to do, his bidding, live his life. Why, why am I born again? Some people are still saying, why was I born to the earth? Okay, but I got a bigger question, Mark Barclay. Okay, uh, why were you born again? You see, I believe if, if the only goal I didn't say ultimate. If the only goal was to get you to heaven and that's it, then why why wouldn't the Lord be smart enough to to, to get a guy like me born again like five minutes before I die and like the guy in the cross I make heaven? There must be some other reason that Mark Barclay was born again years ago that God wanted to use me. Same with you. And then... He's had to put up with us all of our life. You can't even, you could not sit here today and tell me how many books you've read, how many, how many sermons you've heard, how many times you've been prayed for, how many church attendances, times you have, how many, how many. You, you, it's so many you can't calculate unless this is your first day. God has invested in you. God has invested in me and it is for a reason And yes, ultimately, the reason is to beat hell at all costs and find your way to heaven. The ultimate sacrifice. But it can't be the only reason. Because there's too many portraits and pictures and instructions in your Bible about being a good soldier of the cross and being a great witness and the salt of the earth and the light. So I can go on. However... We understand really quick, guys, there's a reason you were born again, and there's things for you to do now that you are born again, and there's things that I have done in your mind, your heart, your money, your body, and there's things that God's assigned to you and me to do individually to go rescue other people, and then this church. I keep telling people, give my God a little more credit that what most people do. We I mean, when I first got born again, people ask me, I say, I found the Lord. Woo! And Christians that have been around a while will say, Son, he was never lost. You didn't find the Lord. He found you. He knew right where you were. But it kind of starts in that thinking. That you know, so when God calls you here, give him a little credit that God had to maneuver some things. God had to do some things in your life. Maybe change cities, change jobs. I don't know, change friendship. Something happened that drew you to this ministry, whether it was another human, an advertisement. You drove by and an angel grabbed you and hauled you in here. And I don't know. I don't know how it worked for you. I just know that God is a big God and he had a reason to draw you here. There's a reason Pastor Michael and Vicki Bang and their kids are shining lights. That's right, yes. There's a reason they're still here. There's a reason the Bang children, now grown ups, and who they married, are shining lights. Yeah. They're great disciples, yeah. they're holy people. Yes. There's a reason that Mike Bang is still your pastor after decades. There's a reason there's eldership in this church. There's a reason you're here as part of this church, not just bumping in and out and not saying, well, I'm just here, but I'm going to stay here till uh, the Lord leads me somewhere else. No, the Lord's not going to uproot you when he roots you and grounds you and teaches you and delivers you and puts up with you. And you finally, you're trusted here and you're given duties here and we delegate things to you here because you are proven vessels and you're a tree of life. And all together, all together, if you can find a way to stick together, you do pretty good at it. But if you can find a way to stick together and not let Satan come in and and cause division and arguing and strifing, he's sly. I hate to compliment him, but he's real good at dealing with humans. He's been dealing with humans forever. He knows how humans think. He knows what hurts humans' feelings. He knows what drives humans. He knows what disappoints humans. He knows what happens when, when something happens that offends humans or hurts their feelings. See? So if you can do what you've been doing and stay out of strife and don't fight with each other... But help each other be spiritual, then you can build a spiritual house like this. I preach everywhere. Listen, I'm not. I'm just saying. Been all I've, I've lapped this globe like six times now. We're everywhere. Right. Even in America, you think every church has the stability of this church? If you do, let me help you. You think every church? even in this city. Now, I like what Pastor Mike said. There's other good churches. We, we, we don't think we're the only good church, but I'm going to agree with him. It's possible that you truly are, without just him making a faith confession, the greatest church in the city because you don't compromise. You don't bow. There's clarity here. There's honesty here. There's integrity here. The Word of God is championed here. The presence of God is here. The worship is here. Yes. The money here is clean and it's proven to be clean. There's no no fooling around even. No, there's none of that here. You think you're going to go to every church, even in this city, but in America and find someone as anointed as Angie or Andy or this team? Not just good. They're good. Huh? I wish I could sing like that. Amen. 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 I just wish I was that good looking. I could lip sync if someone would just let me stand up here. They're good. They got it. Now, I'm not a musician. I barely can play my radio. But I know the anointing. My office that I function in is totally subject to what goes on before I get in the pulpit of what God does and what He at once said. And when you get people up here like this, listen, they're living their own lives. They're fighting their own battles. They look perfect up here. I mean, they're smiling and they're not faking it. They just learned. I I got my own deal going on, but when I get up here, it's God's deal. I got to lay my, sometimes you don't want to like, even with pastor, I don't want to, I don't want to put everything I'm dealing with. I want to come and tell you all about it and boo-hoo and have you pray for me and feel bad and, and go, but we don't. We stand up here like champions. And because of it, like this morning, listen, you got to get your, you got to get your receiver fixed if you don't think the anointing was flowing off from this worship this morning, this wasn't just a cool worship time. It wasn't. Every time I come here, let me back up. I don't ever remember coming here all through these years and saying, man, that was a lame worship service. They need to do something around here. Never, it's always been good. But isn't it something as good as it's been, a day like today, I say to myself and to God, Lord, this is the best this has ever been. This is deep, man. This anointing is strong. Amen. We might not even sing your favorite song. I don't know. Maybe we did. I don't know. I know this. If you, get, if you can get past the preacher, you're going to get the message. If you can get past the people, you're going to get the anointing on your life. And right now, uh, right now to live today in this environment, in the day that we live in, you're going to need every bit of anointing that you possibly can have on you and in you, because that's what destroys the yoke of Satan and demons, and that's what lifts the horrible burdens of life. Can I have a better amen? Amen. 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 Clap once if you receive it too. God said to me this morning, you tell Faith Family Church, actually he said Faith Family, but I, you know, I, I knew he meant church. You tell them they have everything they need in their life to beat the darkness of the day. Da-da-da-da. What would that be, Doc? It, I would think. If, if I lived here in this city, my family would be going to this church right here. Amen. Amen. I wouldn't need any duties here. I wouldn't want any here. I probably couldn't help much other than if they invited me to preach once in a while. You know, I don't know. Uh, but I would be here. My wife, Vicki, would be here. That would be dangerous for me and Mike to see both victorious together. <laughs> hallelujah. Ha- see, hallelujah. Hallelujah. She just woke up from her meds. Hallelujah. Wow. See what I mean? You have this church. Think about the value of this church and don't let anything or anybody ever devalue this church in your head. Get this church off your hit list. The church is not your problem. Not everybody here is perfect. In fact, honestly, there's probably no perfect humans on the planet. Some of, some of us are close, but you know. <laughs> the, Satan wants to make sure that something happens, that you're not comfortable. I think of this guy, he said... He he told me this at our home church. He said, uh, "You know, brother Barclay, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna keep coming to church. Why not? You've been here for well, I sat over there, and the, and this guy over here, all he does all church service is stare at me." I said, "Okay." My first thought was, uh, uh, "Oh, you widow baby." You're going to leave church because someone's staring at you? That's as deep as your roots grow? I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I said I wanted to. I said, well, why is he doing that? I don't know, but I'm sick and tired of it. I think, I don't know what his bag is. Okay. Now, Satan was going to use that to drive him out of the church. Probably would have sooner or later. Something that dumb. So I went to the guy just out of curiosity. I said, uh, brother so-and-so says all you do is stare at him during church. He goes, who are you talking about? We'll call him Fred. I said, Fred. He goes, I don't stare at Fred. Well, he says you do. And this guy said, oh, pastor, I have a sports injury. And when I sit, I can't do this. I can only do this. So when I sit here, it's a right hand do this. And I try to move my eyes to see you, but I guess I'm staring at Fred <laughs> and 150 other people in that section. I say, can I tell Fred that? Yeah, well, Fred said that. No, nah, he's just saying that. So I moved him to the other side. I moved him from there over here. And I said, Fred, you said over there and we'll see how that goes. It was Fred was okay with it. He got it. But the other guy, he just stared at that wall all service because all they can do is look like this. Something that stupid and that silly will be used by Satan to uproot people, hurt their feelings, get something manufactured in their head and drive them from our midst do not let that happen to you well you know brother barclay thanks for bringing this up i've been going here a long time i don't have really any friends here oh yeah my, my first line of, of my first line of advice is maybe you should try to show yourself friendly, friendly. Yeah. I'm not sure, but maybe. But then again, is that why we're here? This our social club? We're here to serve God, worship God, praise God, give our tithe to God, learn of God's word. If you were all alone, which I seriously doubt, you know, that's like the lady, she said, Pastor, she said, "Uh, you notice, Pastor, I've been gone for three weeks. (laughs) I didn't want to crush her and say no. I didn't notice that. A good shepherd, though, we might not remember everybody that was here today, but we almost can tell you who wasn't. Because it's an alarm in our anointing. Where is that person? They don't normally miss. Must be something. I better check on them. They could be in deep trouble uh, physically, something. That's why I tell all pastors to study the money. Study your giving. Because if you're a giver and you're a tither... And all of a sudden that becomes sporadic. That's not a good sign of spiritual health. The fact that you did it before tells us shepherds that you know to do it. And you did do it. So you're either if you're not doing it or it's fallen to a small number or it's sporadic. It's not that we're money chasers. We know that means there's something wrong with you. Maybe financial trouble. Maybe something's eat. Maybe you lost your job. I don't know, maybe it's a spiritual event and you're, and you're getting cloudy about these things. Either way, a good shepherd's gonna know if he knows what you're giving is and knows your tithing because Jesus said, we have instructions on this. It's not unlawful. Jesus said that where your treasure is, there. Our treasury is your money. Treasury is your children. You men, uh, husbands, treasury is your bride. You get them in the house of God, it shows the Lord where your heart's at. If you're not, it shows the Lord and we who work for him where your heart's at. That's all. Are you listening? Is that why you're so quiet? Because for a moment I felt like you were just mannequins. <laughs> I told our telecast audience before about our church, they get really quiet so. disgusting quiet like you just were <laughs> so I tell the television audience these are not mannequins we did not rob the wax museum last night I know they don't move they say nothing but it's not a staged prop. they are real people amen amen, amen. amen. elbow someone and say make some noise Tell someone else, wiggle a little bit or something. Prove you're alive or something. I don't know. So you have this church to come to. It would take us another half hour to 45 minutes to give you the list of everything this ministry has to offer you and your family. It'd take longer than that. If you're going to go in the subtitles... And break down what happens in each class. That's right. Just, just what you were told this morning. These groups, connect groups. Uh, you know the fellowship. Fellowship is that's Christian glue. Yeah, that's right. You know, for so when you look at what's going on here, um, there's so much being offered to you. God said to me a couple of years ago uh, in prayer, He said the average Christian is only getting about 56% out of their church what they could if they'd really pull on that church. Show up for everything. Get their youth and kids in everything. Uh, men came out in the work with the other men on work days and become ushers and deacons and security and audio and video and work with the kids. And, you know, uh, the Lord said they don't they're happy with like 50 some percentile, I guess. But the Lord said there's a whole lot more that all good churches have to offer that the average church family is not pulling that out of that church. You're really not going to do it. Don't get mad now. You're not going to do it if you just plop in here on Sunday morning. No involvement. Come and go. You're not hurting us. We're glad to have you. Come again. Bring some friends. Of course, there's no condemnation. That's not what we preach here. But you're not getting the most that you could for you. Your marriage, your family, your kids, your health. There's healing miracles in this church. Anybody, uh, uh, everybody, anybody here ever got a miracle healing in your body? Uh, let me see your hand. Wave so people can see it. I have. There's, we believe in the miracle worker here. We don't. We don't say God's killing you because he's bored. He wants your child in heaven, so he took your child from you. That's not what we teach here. That's Satan's come to steal, kill, and destroy. Not God. Not our God right? Some people say, well, I don't know if that church stuff works. Okay, well, it did for me. And it did for me when I almost died and I lived, and it did for me when my wife had killer cancer that she wasn't supposed to uh, you know, lived through, and in 32 days she had a miraculous healing. It worked for us. When my daughter in law got cancer and was told there's probably no cure, uh, it was only a couple of months and she was reported to be cancer free. Uh, my little grandson, uh, you can clap once. I interrupted you, but go ahead. Yeah, this is real life, guys. This is like, church is like real life. This isn't when we feel ooey gooey and sloppy agape and and we come and hang out and do our hour and a half and go home. This is the real deal life stuff. And we need it. We need it. My little grandson was diagnosed with a disease that that they said he probably wouldn't live to be like five or six years old. Uh, But he not only lived... He's about to break 20 years old. Amen. He's about to get married. Amen. Amen. And uh, he turned into a pretty big uh, basketball star uh, in in his region and in his sports uh, world. Uh, he's now uh, out, out and about. He's filming for some of the most famous sports people on the planet, doing, you know, uh, video for them, etc., and just living on. Uh, and everybody still wants to interview him. What? You didn't die? What? You you don't have this disease? What? This isn't in your genes? This isn't in your blood? No. I love him. You know what he told one one, uh, sportscaster? No, I didn't die, and I don't have the disease because my mom and dad took me to church every service, and my God healed me, and that disease will never come back. Amen. So there. That's in here. Nobody programmed him to say that. That's like the guy that did. Well, did Jesus do this or that? I like this guy. He said, I don't know any of that. All I know is once I was blind and now I see. That's the power of a church like this. You can live on. Church doesn't work. One Sunday morning, I stood up at our home church in Michigan and I had every children's church worker and youth leader that ever trained my daughter, because my kids were pretty much raised in that church. They were little babies when we started it. I said, I want you all to stand up. And they did. And I said, today, Vicky and I want to personally thank you for teaching my daughter, in this case, teaching my children the word of God, things about Jesus, healing, deliverance, miracles, the Bible, and what to do in the time of trouble. Because yesterday, my daughter, nine years old, drowned in the pool and was being called in dead on arrival. And my daughter, who was trained by all of you, and her husband refused to let the spirit of death have their nine-year-old baby. And she did what all of you children's church workers And youth workers taught my daughter, now grown up, of course, but you taught my daughter how to fight a good fight of faith and not buckle and not give in. And because of it, and and little Jaden was there. I say, little Jaden, come in here. And she came in and everybody gave her a standing ovation and clapped and shouted because she was alive and not dead. And furthermore, furthermore, she's in college now. There's never been one side effect which the medical people say has to be impossible Amen. to literally be dead that many minutes and not have something going on, brain damage or something, and they've done everything. They can find nothing Hallelujah. in that little body. Nothing. 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 That, my friend, is the power of being a child of God, giving your life and your family to God, being in the house of God, learning the word of God and living it and not making this a religious maneuver to soothe your conscience and leave here and just go do your own thing again. There will be a day, I'm not cursing you, there will be a day if it hasn't come already It'll probably come again because the devil's not going to let you live on this planet in the last days without struggles and troubles and attacks and warfare. Just just make up your mind. You're at war. You may be half shod and in and out with God, but Satan's fully committed to his battle. He's fully committed to get you. And I hope not. I hope not. But if there's a day they come home and say, your wife is dying. They come home and say, uh, th- they call you, or oh, you're on the scene and your little grandbaby's dead and all the signs of a dead body, which I've seen many times, is all present. And they're calling her in, you know, uh, DOA. And it's like, all of a sudden, in those times, you say, great is the Lord. Amen. Psalm 48, and greatly to be praised. And like it says, beautiful, hear me, I'm more close. Beautiful for your situations is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of your great king. To you, in this day, that is not the geographical Mount Zion. It's the house of the living God. This is the city of God that you know. And so you got to get it. If you don't already, please that church is beautiful for your situations. You run to church. You run to your leaders. You run to this altar. You, you, you drag, you be, listen to me. You be like those guys that had to tear the roof off in order to get their, uh, you know, their paraplegic friend down through the roof because there's no room in the house. You got to do what you got to do. But I challenge you today in the name of Jesus, you fight life through. You find yourself before your God every time, these doors are open and don't make it just a religious practice make it part of your life fiber of life to chase your god with everything that's in you and watch i'll challenge you in it i challenge anybody watch what god does on your behalf to always deliver you from noisome pestilence and the snare of the fowler that wants your life lift your hands to heaven father Thank you for this great church. There's probably not a person in here without some battle. There's probably not a person in here without maybe some trauma or things aren't going well or some attack on their flesh, their body, their health, their money, their kids, their marriage. We live in a war zone now. This is the end of all times. We will not faint, we will not surrender, and we will not quit. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Master, for helping every single one of us that we would totally be subject to and be found in this life center where every time we come, things are added to us and we go home with more and more anointing. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You, Lord. The Lord's nudging my heart on just one thing. There's a man in your Bible, he was anointed by the prophet Samuel to literally be the king over God's people. But he got in trouble with God. He got in trouble with God over different things. The biggest thing he got in trouble with God with, he stepped out of his kingship and he played prophet. He played preacher. I could not tell you, if you said, Doc tell us a list of things that you've watched all these years people hurt their lives uh, somewhere in the top three I would say they played preacher they, they played preacher they tried to be the pastor of their family they said we don't need a pastor or you know and now it, now it's going ballistic I mean there's I mean you can go on the internet for $35 yeah. with some you know illegitimate organization and get yourself a little credential And then you can go marry and bury and baptize and pretend that God raised you up to do that. Even we church workers, I warn my team about this all the time. You stay within your ranks and file. You don't step beyond that because Satan wants you to. Remember Absalom, one of his biggest problems. King David's son was, if I was the king, this is how I do it. You watch that. This isn't part of my message. This is just on me for a minute. It must be for some people. Don't play preacher. Don't play pastor. Don't think you can be the pastor. You cannot. And you can try. You can pretend. But I'm telling you, Satan is looking for anything out of biblical order. If your life is in biblical order, he cannot strike you. He can harass you, but he cannot win. But you get stuff out of biblical order, it's called usurping authority you will always need Mike and Vicki Bang to do the pastoral duties in your life in this church. And only unless they delegate it to something or a new pastor in the future or an under pastor. Of course, that's part of the team. But you better, even on the team, you better be really wise. Take this warning from God. You'd be really wise not to think you all can just Go do your own thing and play preacher and play pastor. And I can do this and I can do that. And you know, it'll be a blast. I'm just telling you, you can write me off if you want to. I'm okay with that. But I'm telling you, we would rather not be there for your funeral or your baby's funeral or your divorce or your car accident or anything else that you might have caused like Saul, Saul was anointed by Samuel, Andy. And God said, I'm not aiming this at you. You just happen to be standing there. I have a bow and arrow. You're a target. So here we go. Uh, Yeah, the Bible says Saul died as one who had never been anointed with oil. Never, but he was. The Bible says he was, but he died in such a way that the Bible says he was never anointed with oil. He lost everything because he played prophet. Don't do it. Thus saith the Lord. If you're a young person in this room, stand up with me for a minute, please. I don't know what young means. Uh, Choose an age 18 and under, 19, 21. Uh, No, if you're 45 and feel young, do not stand up. (laughs) Your wrinkles and gray will tell you. Just like Peter, your speech has betrayed you. Okay, so there. Father, I feel impressed of God. Stand up, will you, Pastor Mike, and lift a hand. Come up here, sir. Let's lift a hand over this. Father, this church is filled with young people. They love you. They're here today. They need your help, not just the church. This is their number one place to run, their refuge, their fortress. Help is here. Here uh, They'll get a little here and a little there in the house of God. Help them. I pray the anointing of God would fall upon them to make solid decisions, to say no to the demons of this world and say yes to your way, yes to the way of God, yes to live the way of God. Help them. If they're snared already, if they're in trouble already, Maybe they're running with wrong people. Maybe they're already into some perverted thing or broken thing. I pray you would deliver them. Bring them out of that so they can live in true liberty and not condemned and no longer hurt their life. I pray that over every one of them in the name of Jesus. Everybody say amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 930 30 as well as our midweek service on Wednesday nights at 7. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.